0: The reading for today comes from Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot tilted away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north disaster shall break out on all the inhabitants of the land. For now I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord, and they shall come, and all of them shall set their thrones at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its surrounding walls and against all the cities of Judah. Then I will utter my judgments against them for all their wickedness in forsaking me. They have made their offerings to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. But you, gird up your loins, stand up and tell them everything that I command you, Do not break down before them, or I will break you before them. And I, for my part, have made you today a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its princes, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Once upon a time, there was a nation where the gap between rich and poor had grown to a chasm. It was a time when political and economic and even religious leaders told bold-faced lies in order to protect the status quo. These were days when the norms which once governed a community's life seemed to be evaporating like smoke in the air. And public well-being was routinely sacrificed for private gain. In these days, a young man stood up and spoke a hard word. From the least to the greatest of them, he said, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated the wounds of my people carelessly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. They acted shamefully. They committed abomination, yet they were not ashamed. They did not know how to blush. No one wanted to hear from this young man. He wasn't treated well. Over the course of his life, he was beaten, he received death threats, he was once thrown down a well, and he was routinely called an unpatriotic traitor, unbalanced, unfit. Over time, he himself became depressed and angry and frustrated, wondering if anything he was doing even made a difference. It was hard work every day, naming the often hidden and massive injustices behind the facade of an empire. While all around him, the forces keeping things the way they were, defending the status quo, those forces were substantial. And then it seemed in the end, or what looked like the end anyway, none of it worked. The nation collapsed under the weight of its own greed and delusion. The wealthy and the educated were dragged off into another nation, and those who were poor were left behind to fend for themselves. It seemed that everything they had hoped for and dreamed of, their national sense of the future, was gone, dust and ashes. That the world as they knew it was over. Once upon a time, huh? Sound familiar? Sound eerily, awfully, painfully familiar? I'm actually describing to you the life and times of the prophet Jeremiah, whom we are meeting today. But it doesn't take much imagination to connect the dots between the 2,500 years that separate us from him. We know about a world like his about vast imbalances between those who are rich and those who struggle with poverty every day. We too know about leaders who lie to protect their own reputations, their hold on power, their desire to prop up a system that benefits them at the expense of many. We also recognize the disappearance of norms that once governed our common life We know about the unrest that inevitably comes when a people have lived with a knee on their neck for generations. And we also know how uncomfortable and hard it is to be confronted with these truths. We know that those who speak out are often called unpatriotic traitors, how they receive death threats, how they are beaten either in word or in deed often they are ignored or tossed aside as angry and bitter and ungrateful. Depressed yet? (laughs) That's actually not my goal today. And it wasn't Jeremiah's goal either, but that never stopped him from speaking hard truths. Often in Jeremiah's case and the case of other prophets, despite great personal cost. But they didn't do this work to make their people feel guilty or ashamed or paralyzingly anxious. They did it to free them from hopelessness and resignation. They reminded their people that sometimes what we think is the very, very end of the story is actually the Spirit of God nudging us pushing us, shoving us in a new direction. It's the prophet's job to say things are not normal, not God's normal, and it's time to wake up and do something about it. Today we're starting a six-week series on biblical biblical prophets, Old Testament prophets. Through these weeks, you'll hear from six of the pastors at Holy Spirit Lutheran, some of whom are full-time, some part-time, some retired, And we'll introduce you to some of these prophets whom we particularly love. Along the way, you'll meet Jeremiah, Daniel, Micah, Jonah, Amos, and Habakkuk. And each of us will share some of why these prophets inspire us and challenge us and intrigue us and comfort us and confuse us. To start it off today, I chose Jeremiah. But I have to confess, not because I like Jeremiah very much. Actually, I don't. Which is okay, because Jeremiah doesn't really like himself either. Of all the prophets, Jeremiah is the one who lets us into the full extent of his own emotional turmoil about his job, lamenting how hard and painful it is, how crushing it is to be hated by your own people, how exhausted he was by the injustices that they routinely ignored. But what I love and admire about Jeremiah is the same thing that also terrifies me a bit about him, and that's his unceasing determination to tell the truth. In the reading we just heard a bit ago, we met Jeremiah as a young boy. We heard that guy calls him, even before he's born, that he's shaped and formed for this work from the very beginning. We also hear that Jeremiah is concerned about it from the very beginning, objecting right away, Lord God, I'm only a boy. I'm too young for this job. But God assures him over his life many times of two things. One, Jeremiah, this is hard work. You were right about that. It's not going to get easier. And two, Jeremiah, you are not alone. I am with you. They will fight against you, said God, but they will not prevail, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann says that the prophets generally take on three urgent tasks. Truth-telling, In the face of ideology, grief in the face of denial, and hope in the face of despair. You'll hear about all of those in the coming weeks, but Jeremiah really hones in on the first one, the truth-telling, calling out what is unhealthy and unjust and unsustainable. The great chasms between our way of life, what we are used to and think of as normal, and the commandments and the community of God. As I film this sermon today, smoke fills the air. That's why I'm inside. As of right now, four and a half some million acres of Washington, Oregon, and California are on fire. As of right now, 200,000 of our siblings in this nation have died of COVID-19 with painful projections for the future. As of right now, we are anxious about the logistics of our upcoming election, about potential interference, and about the outcome. As of right now, we see largely peaceful and powerful protests about racial injustice all over this country, while much of our attention is drawn to the relatively few incidents of violence that boost the news ratings. As of right now, we are anxious and tired and isolated and frustrated, feeling somehow both as if we have been stuck in the same place forever, and also as if the world is moving so fast we can't keep up. And as of right now, if we have one more glitch on Zoom during the worst possible moment in a meeting, we are gonna lose it altogether. That might just be me. Right now, you might be going back to my earlier declaration that it was not my goal to make you depressed. You might be feeling like I misled you about that. But no, instead, Jeremiah is here today to remind us that the way forward, the only way to the hope and the justice in the community of God, the only way is to tell these truths, no matter how hard or painful they are. And you know this truth that we are not well. Partly because we are unable to do so many of the things that bring us joy and life by being together. But not all of our illness is new. The chasm between rich and poor is not new. The pandemic of racism is not new. The damage that we have caused God's beautiful world by our careless consumption of resources is not new. These are our truths, they are hard and they hurt. But Jeremiah names them from 2,500 years away. And he reminds reminds us that we will not be made well by ignoring them, ignoring the damage we've done or closing our eyes and ears to pain that we may not have intended to cause. Jeremiah tells us we will not be saved by exchanging one leader for another if we do not also address the systemic problems that made us unwell in the first place. Jeremiah pronounces that some things need to come crashing down around our ears so that something new can be built and that that work may very well take a lifetime. It took all of Jeremiah's and then some. Jeremiah also reminds us that this prophetic work, this truth telling, this grieving, this hoping in the midst of despair is a lifelong call in which God shares and we share together. Jeremiah sometimes talks about God's anger That God is angry when we fail each other. As Jewish writer and rabbi Abraham Heschel wrote nearly 60 years ago, we can think of the anger of God as the end of indifference. The exploitation of the poor is to us a misdemeanor. To God, it is disaster. When our reaction is disapproval, God's reaction is beyond what language can convey. So, what does all of this mean? Who is Jeremiah for us today, right now, right here? Here's what I think Jeremiah is inviting us into one, we need to tell the truth and we need to hear the truth. Sometimes it's our job to speak, sometimes it's our job to listen. Both are hard, both are holy, both are prophetic. But as someone else we know once said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Jeremiah, Jeremiah also teaches us that prophetic work is the work of a lifetime, that we will get tired along the way and lose hope. We will wish that somebody else could just come and take over so we could take a break. We are not the first ones to feel this way. We will not be the last and we cannot let it stop us. We should also expect when we tell these hard truths to be treated badly. <laughs> it's what Jeremiah experienced along with many prophets. But even more, what we might need to ask is how we are shutting our, heart, our ears and hearts and eyes and minds to the prophets of our day, to the Jeremiah's in our streets, who are marching and boycotting our sports games and calling out for climate justice and standing in our way so that we must stop and listen to what they are saying? How can we hear the ways that their truth-telling will set us free? And last, Jeremiah is here to teach us that this prophetic work is aimed at hope. There's beauty in Jeremiah's story too. I have loved you with an everlasting love, says the Lord to the people through Jeremiah. The people shall come and sing loud over the grain and the wine and the oil. The young women shall rejoice in the dance. The young men and old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. I'm still not sure that I like Jeremiah. I'm quite sure that whether or not I like him is not the point. The prophet does not seek to be liked. Jeremiah's is a call to declare without fail and in the face of our constant resistance that the radical, generous, passionate love of God will settle for nothing less than a new world, a new normal, a resurrection. It may cost everything we thought was worthwhile, but in the end, the real end, will turn out that what we thought was normal was actually a tomb. And we know for sure that the love of God is never contained by one of those. Where is it that you hear a Jeremiah calling you today?